here. It's us, your feet. We want to tell you something you already know. It's time to buy yourself some new shoes. Have you heard of the Knickknackery Co? It's the hottest new place to buy women's shoes online, and they have some unique soles for your soul. The Knickknackery Co's signature soles are handcrafted in small custom batches by professional artisans. A careful eye to detail delivers styles that are both timeless and on trend, and they're constructed to last. The best part? They're as comfortable for us as they are stylish for you. For sophisticated women who love quality and uniqueness, you can't beat the Knickknackery Co. Visit us online at www.shopknickknacks.com. Follow us on all social media. There are no shoes we'd rather kick it with because they are very sophisticated for the soul. Hello and welcome back to the Afrotheopia podcast. We have a special unexpected guest today all the way from the continent of Mama Alkebulon. I'm going to allow him to introduce himself and then we're going to jump right into our discussion and I hope that you, as you listen to this particular podcast, that you can have some great gems that you can take back to your person and use them into your life as you travel about. So I'll allow him to introduce himself and tell us a little bit about himself. Go ahead. All right, family. This is your man, not your boy. Go black to Africa. So yes, uh, Go Black to Africa is my YouTube channel uh, that I am out here, you know, educating, motivating our brothers and sisters in the diaspora to uh, come back to the motherland, visit, get reconnected. For those who choose who wants to go ahead and move, um, there is always plenty of opportunities there in the whole continent. And so I am showcasing Africa as a whole as I travel around. Uh, I have visited eight uh, countries uh, to this day. And so um, from the east side, I've visited uh, uh, three as well as uh, on the west side of the continent, I've visited uh, four. And so I was actually born in Libya. Uh, and that was my eighth country, so I put that in there too as well. But anyway, yeah, I um, I have started um, this YouTube channel last year because I had so much footage and information that I wanted to go ahead and put it to use to uh, change the narrative of what has been uh, been given by the Western world of trying to shame Africa. And when I saw its beauty, its uh, its glorious, uh, magnificent uh, opportunities its way of life, its culture, I knew I had to share it with the world. So uh, that's how I got started, and I will continue on that journey. So let's jump right in. You talked about your travels on the continent, and I know previously that you served in the U.S. military. Can you tell us other continents that you've been on outside of work and how you maneuvered those places? Did you maneuver the same way that you are maneuvering on the continent of Africa, or is it different? Um, I mean, as far as maneuvering other continents? Right, the, the same way that you're actually doing in Africa, because you move about yeah. and you're really free with, with, with the um, local population and all of that. So I'm wondering, in your other travels, personally, not dealing with work, were you able, or were you doing the same? Oh, okay, yeah, yeah, you know, uh, not really. I mean, wow. you know, because, um, Africa has really been calling me ever since I came out my mom's room. And um, some people like to say before then, but hey, 
and they came out that womb. It's always been an interest because, you know, to tell people you're from a continent and you haven't really been there to see and touch for yourself because I was a baby and only there for two weeks, uh, it's always called me. Now, you know, being over in America, we've learned about the Europeans' history. We've learned about, you know, UK and England and all their history of how they've gone across the globe and have conquered a people and enslaved people and stuff like that. I never had an interest to delve into their history uh, because it was forced down our throats being in America. So yes, the um, but I've moved about. I have I have lived in Germany um, when I was a child. My dad was in the military, uh, and in my military travels, I have also uh, been through uh, some of the European countries. Uh, here, over here in the, what they would call, I would call the Northern Africa, or they like to call the Middle East, <laughs> you know. Uh, I had travels there too. I did time in Saudi Arabia, whether you want to call it Kuwait or, you know, the, um, Oman, Jordan. I've been here, you know. And even in the, the southern uh, parts of the Americas, I've been down in South America and all that there. The only place I haven't really been really is Asia. And the closest I've been here is Turkey. I lived in Turkey for a year. Okay. Uh, lived in Turkey. Uh, so yeah, I mean, I love traveling and all, but Africa is the place where I will spend my energy in promoting and pushing to the people. And it don't have to be our people, it can be anybody's because a lot of people have a, uh, a misconception of what Africa is. I've had people from other cultures tell me or ask me, you know, you go to Africa, I mean, isn't Africa poor and does it, you know, these lions running around or, or people are really hungry? Even they're ignorant because of this whole media propaganda that has been placed upon Africa. But you know what's interesting? Even when people would say like lions and things like that to me, that was so invigorating and exciting to me. Now, I've been on several safaris. I love that you and your wife and your daughter and you guys are on a safari. Yeah. But I've been on several, okay? And all that did was just, of course, bring back memories for me personally. Yeah. But at times, those negative tones, as you know, that comes from Western propaganda. Yeah. And we, as the blacks in the diaspora, we have to do a service to the continental Africans by breaking the stereotypes that they see. Mm -hmm. I'm gonna give you an example, and you did this so eloquently, and I loved you for it, brother. I had never met you, and I said, this is, this is the kind of brother I need to be asking <laughs> When you were at the school, and you went to the school, and you saw the people that they had painted on the walls, and you had spoken with the headmaster, yeah. and the conversation that you had with him, and you're like, well, hey, why don't we have pictures in here, basically, of people that the children can identify with? Are you talking about the orphanage? The oh. orphanage, yes, yeah. okay, yes, yeah. yes, the orphanage. I call it the orphanage. Yeah. But that, th these are the kinds of things that I do personally. You know, I'm not a person that uh, looks for accolades or things mm -hmm. that I do. Right. But when you did that, I said, this is it spoke to me on so many levels. Mm -hmm. And these are the kinds of things in terms of unification and being collective that we have to, excuse me, help them with because they don't know. They don't know. They don't know. Yeah. And you gain, what, what you don't realize now is that at some point in their lives, the children are going to look back and say, wow, oh, yeah. this black American man came here, even though you were born in Libya, uh, Libya they're going to remember that as a positive moment in their lives. Oh, yeah. You know, versus something different. And mm -hmm. I'm telling you, that that just spoke so much to me. And then I know that people were giving me flack about that. But 
as you said earlier, you basically are changing the trajectory of what, how people think in those negative ways. And, and I'm telling you, <laughs> Go Black, that's, that really spoke to me. It really, really did. Yes. One, I am a person, I don't have any children myself, but I am a child advocate. I don't care nothing about these adults, mm. but these children, Yeah. Th because they're the ones who are going to make the future. And the and future. We have to do everything we can to nurture and foster that. Exactly. And, and you put it on the map. Yeah. You really, really did. Oh, yeah. It, it was a very big deal to me because, I mean, we know that the, the, our children have, you know, the young ones have a very impressionable mind, very easy to manipulate and very easy to uh, convince. Uh, and so I know when I saw that, the two pictures of the, the white children on the wall and how the little children would have to look up to it was nothing more than a, I call it a calculated move that would always keep the our children in an inferior position and keep them at a, at a as a superior, um, and to and even to um, to have a book that was in their hands reading like they are smarter and knowledgeable. That right there, I, it it when I saw that on that wall and I asked before I started filming, I said, why? Why is that there? You know, a lot of people didn't get to see that, and I was like, "Why?" That that didn't. It, but it, it struck a chord in instantaneously. Instantaneously, yes. it struck a chord. <laughs> it infuriated me, if you want to call it, for yes. lack of better words or better words, I don't know. <laughs> but what I'm saying is that, um, but the children watched this whole thing unfold, of watching their faces go on the wall, yes. which was powerful. Yes. Yes. And I believe there that at that moment in time it changed the whole dynamics of their thinking. Every time I go to that orphanage, those kids run to me now. They run to me. Yes, because again, you made the positive, in, that's what I'm yep. saying. Yep. Even when they turn 30, and they're going to be talking to maybe their wives, their husbands, their own children, Yep. that that moment in time, that that point, they are going to revert and tell this story. Yeah. It'll yep. be like um, an old fable, if you will. Yeah. But, but even though it's true, but, you know, kind of like your storytelling and passing it down, because that's going to be a moment that changed them forever. Yeah. And I'm telling you, man, I saw that. I said, oh, yeah, this, this brother right here, you see, he know what he's doing. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> I didn't say he know what he's doing. So now I want to change, I want to change courses here. Yeah. You haven't been to the Congo yet, the DRC yet. Nah, I plan on though, yeah. Please. Oh, yeah. I want you to get there. Oh, yeah. What you, what you are going to find, and I talked about this, I was on another gentleman's, um, channel he had me on and we talked about this uh, last week it was about the vast amount of resources that the Congo has mm -hmm. but how France continuously divides her yeah because without Mama El she would be dust yeah because she has nothing mm -hmm. and have you been to South Africa yet no I have not okay because I was going to give I was going to see I'm going to ask you about the peril. Okay, so look, what that means is it's an opportunity for you to come back. Okay. Because I have got to, I, I, I want to hear your opinions about the DRC and the Congo because those in terms of natural resources are the richest. Okay, okay. The DRC yeah. in South Africa. Okay. So all that stuff you learned about the periodic table and all that mm -hmm. is sitting right there in the Congo. Okay. Sitting right there in, in, in the division between francophone and other um, native speakers, it, 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 it's, it's daunting because you got these kids who are working, 
to get these resources for France yep. and the infighting that's going on, they don't know what they have. Mm-hmm. They don't know what they have. So we, we will digress on that. <laughs> one day he's going to come back on the podcast and we're going to have this conversation. Oh, yeah. Okay, oh, yeah. so so then let's move on. In, in, in the different, you said you've been to eight nations in total. Can you give us some insight just in terms of, so let's say I wanted to start an NGO. What could be a common NGO across the nations that you visited that would work, let's say, for all of them in terms of helping out the continental Africans there? Yeah, I would say remove the education systems they have. I know what to ask you. I already know. I already know what to ask. Remove that education (laughs) systems that they got in place and revamp that or to, to, to bring in or to bring back some of the, the spiritual uh, teachings that exist that they don't even are aware of themselves. And so uh, to re-educate a people in a way to where these old schools of thoughts that need to be torn down, uh, I believe that to be on my list as far as the NGO. Well, it's, in- it's interesting that you say that. The gentleman that I had on my channel that talked about the uh, educational system in Ghana mm-hmm. because he does work in private. I asked him which system did he think was the best, okay? Mm-hmm. And of course, naturally, you know what it was. It was British because what? British colonized it. Yeah. Um, in a subsequent private conversation that I had with another educator when I was in Ghana, and I said to her, why are we not educating the youth here our own way? Why are we still using Western ways? Yeah. You know what she said to me? She said the Ghanaians were not accepted. Saying that if you brought in, let's say uh, someone came up with a Pan-Africanist um, curriculum and you brought that in there and you named your school Marcus Scarvey Academy. Yeah. You're not going to have any enrollment. She mm-hmm. said because they want their children to have the West way of doing educational business. I was so dumbfounded go black. It, yeah, it, it, it almost made me want to cry. And and she's speaking from uh, a system that educated her to believe that way, <laughs> which it shows that what I'm saying is that we need to go ahead and, and and do a renewal of this education system to renew the minds of the people because um, it has set them and us back so far that we don't even realize who we really are, and so we're emulating and we are you know, trying to be like a Western world that really education, what we think is, and that's, I call it being, you're just book smart. That's mm-hmm. just information book smart of what they wanted to teach you. Mm-hmm. Really has nothing to do with what true education is. You know, you, you know and, and think of this too. When you, when you think about ancient Kemet and how they were able to use their own version of mathematics and engineering to build all these great relics that we see today. Yeah. They weren't using a Western system. Nope. Um, and we have, and you even said it on your channel, uh, you know, we have our own historians and archaeologists who have researched this stuff themselves. Yep. But it's something about having your mind uh, penetrated by something that you've always thought was better. So that in itself is going to take time. Even with the small change that you made at the orphanage, mm-hmm. think about if you try to do that on a mass scale. 
Mm-hmm. That would be very difficult. You don't think so? It would definitely be very difficult. I mean, because of the fact that we know Africa is divided mm-hmm. by borders. Mm-hmm. And so, you know, when you talk about divided by borders, you're talking about infiltrating languages, you know, uh, whoever colonized that country, systems, beliefs, um, all these things that are going to have to, you're going to have to tear down those walls. You know, that's why I talk about, you know, in order to really get back to basics, you have to put away some identities. You're going to have to unravel those identities, those labels that you consider yourself. And I, you know, I say, we're not Kenyans and Nigerians, and we're not, you know, South Africans, and we're not these, you know, Senegalese, I'm not right there. I met a sister today, matter of fact. Okay. And she, uh, she professed she was from Cameroon. And I said, oh. And I said, you know what? Scott took the DNA test, right? As, okay. As, as, okay. As I already know who I am. But okay. me and my wife did it because uh, her her brother and them, and them did it. And she wanted to see would it be any difference in what their show. Gotcha. Okay. And so I said, because I was, I was against it. But I said, okay. I, I was against it. And I said, okay, what I would do is I would do probably one I would feel that probably be more credible would be the the African um, uh, um, what's the one that's ran African, by African ancestry. ancestry yeah okay. African ancestry okay right that are not they're, they're not selling your DNA to you know any companies they get rid of it and they have done this so-called research and tying you into tribes yes and not necessarily I don't care about countries you know if you got any type of uh affiliations with the tribe. So anyway, this this, this, this Cameroon sister said, so what part of it? Are you on the French or the English-speaking side? And I said, sister, hey, look, those are European languages. It ain't about this no, no, which language side are you are. I said, I'm the Bamaliki tribe, Bamaliki tribe is where that my DNA markers are showing okay. and from. And that's really what we should really be concerned with. Not the borders of what the Europeans have created in Africa, but even then, we are migrating people. And so it's not about what part or place you are from in Africa. We're African. That's it. But if you want to find your culture or kind of tie into tribals, that's what I was looking at more or less as far as the tribal side, you know, see okay, anything okay, interesting. Okay. I already know who I am. Okay. And, and, and that's pretty <laughs> much, lie. Exactly. Yeah. And that's pretty much um, uh, my contention as yeah, well. Yeah, you know, yeah. I'm not interested. Hey, again, I'm all about being collective. Yeah. So I, I, I want to take you back to your last time in Zanzibar. And you had purchased some property and you talked about that you were doing this basically as a... Um, to leave something for your children. Yeah. And let me ask you this. Why did you... I've been to Zanzibar myself. Yeah. Why did you pick Zanzibar yeah. for, for, for these particular prop, property acquisitions? Yeah. Very good question. You know, um, and it really came off a whim uh, in a sense. I saw those properties before and when I came back, you know, what I saw was going on with... Zanzibar is a very heavy tourist area. Yes, it is. And... Um, now you're seeing Zanzibar and also Dar es Salaam being inundated by people from around the globe because it's the only country that actually there's no lockdowns, there's no masks, there's no all this stuff that's going on. People want to be free again. And I think that because of this move that MAGA fully have done, really have brought a t- even greater attention to people who want to come. Now, I'm a businessman and I'm into real estate. Mm-hmm. And so what I saw was that this business, this, 
properties that are uh, being built, mine haven't been completed yet, but I'm forecast, I, I forecast that this is a good potential for an investment and something that my kids can go ahead and have and have residual income as well for them off of the backs of a majority of those who come to Zanzibar are the Europeans. So get some of their money, you know? That's my thing is that, you know, hey. You're a businessman. Yeah, business. <laughs> I don't care where you from, whatever. All I see is the color of that money. That money. That's it. That's it. And they're going to spend all, a lot of it. A lot of them, they come there for their summer vacations. Yes. They get this, their getaways when it's the winter times. And so I see Zanzibar even growing. They're doing leaps and bounds now of trying to come up with different now programs uh, to where these type of properties here are benefiting the Tanzanians uh, um, who's on Zanzibar far as their um, their social security. Yes. So they're allowing foreigners to buy property, but the, that money that is being paid in is helping the program of the social security that they have uh, started just a few years ago. Now let me ask you, okay, so that's good to know because I know that in Tanzania, yeah. business entities in terms of holdings can legally own uh, land. Yeah. How, is that the same in Zanzibar? I mean, there, it has its own separate president and all that, but, yeah. but they're really one, if you will. Right, yeah. But is, is it the same there as well? How does that work in there? It's the same as well. These okay. are These are building projects. Gotcha. That are like communities. Anybody can live in them. You can be Zanz. Zanz how would you say that? Zanzibar just kind of Tanzanians, I guess. Exactly. Yeah, instead of just saying that. But um, you can be whomever you want to own property on those particular projects that have been set by the government. But you cannot go and just buy land. I love that that they are have kind of um, kept the foreigners from coming in and taking over from the locals or even the government land that uh, one could come in and say it's just their own. You have to tie in with the local. You have to tie in either with the government to be able to purchase land that is really leased. Okay. Really, it's really leased. But you can do your business on that property. And, you know, after that specified time, you, your lease will be renewed, what have you. Right. But it will always be under control of that country. Okay. Hey, down here, it's us, your feet. We want to tell you something you already know. It's time to buy yourself some new shoes. Have you heard of the Knickknackery Co? It's the hottest new place to buy women's shoes online, and they have some unique soles for your soul. The Knickknackery Co's signature soles are handcrafted in small custom batches by professional artisans. A careful eye to detail delivers styles that are both timeless and on trend. And they're constructed to last. The best part? They're as comfortable for us as they are stylish for you. For sophisticated women who love quality and uniqueness, you can't beat the Knickknackery Co. Visit us online at www.shopknickknacks.com. Follow us on all social media. There are no shoes we'd rather kick it with because they are very sophisticated for the soul. Okay, so that brings me to, to this. Since you said that you like the way of how they're doing it that way. Yeah. As you know, there's only um, three countries on the continent that have what they call Negro laws. Okay. Meaning that only people that look like you and I can own land. Okay. Do you think that should be a practice continent-wide? 
example is Liberia, Sierra uh -huh. Leone, and I want to say the third one is. It's over that way. It's, why is it leaving my mind? I cannot think of the third one, but it's three of them, and then right in that area on, in West Africa. Mm -hmm. Do you think that should be a practice, a, a continent-wide? And I only ask because if you look at those particular ones, they don't have an influx of non-melanated folks coming in controlling different industries. Mm -hmm. What's your take on that? Okay, let me, let me make sure I'm help, um, understanding what you're asking. So you're saying that these three countries... Mm -hmm. They have in place that where we can come and just purchase the land flat out, or are you saying? Yes, uh -huh. but you have to look like you and I. Right, yeah. Um, of course, I mean, you know, we have Sierra Leone who has come aboard now, mm -hmm. giving out citizenship. Yes. And you have to prove that you have some type of DNA or some type of connection of being from that region in order to be able to get citizenship. And like you're asking about as far as land concerned, I think it should be, you know, African descent who can have the part of, mother, of the motherland instead of a lot of foreigners coming in and buying it. Why? Because it is a proven fact you can go to their countries and they ain't going to let you own nothing. You better know that. You better say it. Say it loud. <laughs> That's right. They, they ain't going to let you. You might be able to rent a building and put a business up. Yes. But you ain't owning nothing. And that is a sad truth. Yes. Um, is that we don't get recipro it's not reciprocal in that regard. Right. But yet we continuously open arms so freely. Yeah. Oh, so yeah, we do. I, I, I find it personally uh, disheartening. Mm -hmm. I, I, I do. But again, a lot of that stems from people not knowing what's happening. Like someone asked me about, uh, recently asked me about, you know, um, Chinese being given the title of chiefs and all of this. And yeah. I explained to them about how all this stuff works. It's not that I agree with them, but when people come into these communities and they do works there, a lot of the times the local chiefs want to give Go Black to Africa something for doing all of this work here. Yeah. And that's how they do that. Yeah. I don't necessarily agree with it because I think it's it, it's it's disheartening for the people who are indigenous to that area. It is. You're not giving giving it to them. Right. You know, and they may be rightfully should have the title, but because they didn't do X, Y, and Z, you didn't give it to them. Right. So I don't I don't like it that way. Yeah. But it is what it is. And so I do see that that is an issue because I, I couldn't go to some of their countries like this, as you said, about the land yeah. and get the same respect. You know, I wouldn't. So in we're going to have, we have about two more questions here. And one sure. of the last ones I wanted to ask you about is because you spent so much time in Tanzania, your heartfelt um, feelings about Magafuli. Me personally, I love him. I love any black man who's a ride for his people. Yeah. And, and, and you know, people say, well, well, a lot of them, you know, they, they be killing their own. Every revolution has casualties. And if you don't understand that, you don't even need to be talking to me about anything, okay? Yeah. That's just the way it is, yeah. okay? I mean, Malcolm said it best. I mean, you, you're not going to have a revolution and no one is not going to perish. I mean, let's just get real. That's right. Okay? So let, Lives are going to be lost in that. Yeah. Of course. Yeah. Of course. You know this. Lives are going to be lost. I mean, there are going to be those who are the forerunners and, and bring liberties to those, uh, and it just costs lives. You know, Magafuli. He, uh, I respect. I have high respect for him because number one, he was for his people, and he changed a lot of laws when it came to international business involvement in the country that he saw his people was at a disadvantage. 
And so he wanted to reverse that and bring the, put the power back into his people's hands. The other thing that he was about, that I loved about him was he stood up against the entire world and did not succumb to the pressures that, who wanted him to take away the freedoms of his people by putting this country in lockdown, by following this whole thing of this uh, COVID scare that he knew it'd be detrimental to his people because of the way of life that a lot of them eat from hand to mouth on a day-to-day -day basis. And there's a lot of small business entrepreneurs who would have suffered. Now, initially, he went that road the first, uh, I think it was the first two months, and he had to pull out of it because he realized, we can't do this. There's no way. And he also, what I respected was, he did testing himself on his whole thing of the COVID, which he tested on tested animals, tested vegetation, and they came up positive. And he said, hold up, this is a trickery going on that we need to look at that they're trying to play some game or what have you. Um, and so he removes himself for that. He was ridiculed. Yes, he was. Um, yes, they tried to blast him. Matter of fact, there's reports out now that just coming out talking about he died of COVID and you know that now there's this new uh, strand of the COVID in Tanzania. And so, you know, they want to smear anything we do when we are uh, standing for our people. They want to do, you know, it's, it's, that's just history. They, yes. they see when you deal with powerful brothers and sisters, yes. you will do whatever you've got to do to try to destroy them. But you know what, though, Go Black, it's to, to me, and, and they do it to, to, to women, but it's mostly the men. Yeah. Because you all are natural-born leaders. The black man. I'm yeah. the black man, okay? Yeah, yeah. You all are natural-born leaders, and you have the power to galvanize people to yeah. get on board with with whatever's, whatever you're trying to push. I liken him to um, our brother down there in Zimbabwe, mm -hmm. okay? When I was making my decision about where I was going to make my final place on the continent, Zimbabwe was number one. Mm. And people would tell me, all, you you crazy, you crazy. Why would you want to go? You know how many people they make? You see what you do? So anytime the black man is, is, is trying to revert a system that basically put the people that look like him in poverty, now something wrong with him. Yeah, yeah. But it was okay when they were doing it to his people. Exactly. Y'all was, was okay with that, though. Yeah, yeah. But now the tide is turned. Mm-hmm. And Mugabe said, uh-uh, not over here. And again, a revolution is not going to come without bloodshed. It never has. Yeah. You can look at the history of the Zulus and see and see how all that transpired. But for me personally, I likened him to Mugabe just in that regard when he first won presidency. Yeah. I yeah. said this brother has he, he had to have been studying this man because all of his moves were so linear and strategic, just like Mugabe. Yeah. Oh yeah. I, 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 I was like, okay. If he is able to succeed in this, this is going to be spellbounding. Spellbounding. And then, lo and behold, anytime you have a man that is righteous for his own, he gets cut down in the prime of his life. I mean, the list goes on. Yeah. I mean, I even made a video about it. I had Steve Binko, Patrice Lumumba, Thomas Sankara, all these people on there. It, 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 it's sad. It's, it's, it's sad that we are always feeling like that we could never get ahead because the polarizing black male figure that we see 
in the prime of his life because he loves his people so much. Yeah. He has to be cut down. Yeah. And me, I haven't been to Tanzania in years. Mm -hmm. But it, it, it saddened me. So yeah. I, under, I understand when you were articulating all the things that you saw, even before he passed away, went on to the great beyond, that you saw that he was doing for his people. It, it, it's something to be said about that. Now, what do you think of this? Look at what Akutuafo is doing in Ghana by cutting Switzerland off with the cocoa. Oh, yeah. Powerful move. Powerful move. And and this is what's spreading across Should he watch the himself, though? Well, I mean, you know what? People always tell me to be careful, and I laugh at them. Okay. And I'm like, he's right here. Look, I'm 54 years old. That's facts. I've been in the military. I've seen, I've bombed, seen war, war, war and dead by it. And I've been through some of the hardest places in this world. And now you're going to tell me I should be cautious? Yeah. No, 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 no. What I'm, you know, what he's doing, President Ado is doing is, like you said, you know, this, this infectious movement mm -hmm. is happening across the continent because of social medias that are opening up the ways and the lines so these leaders can see, yo, my brothers over here on the West or the East are doing this thing. And it's it's checking and challenging these men to say, hold up. That was a powerful man move. Now, what move am I doing for my people to stand up to these Western worlds? Because, you know, us brothers, we do have pride. And, you know, sometimes we, do. we, we do. don't want somebody outshine us. True. So it's infectious. And so... What Ghana has done, because I did three or four videos on him already, is that he made some powerful moves with Switzerland. Look, and he's been screaming here just in the, in, in the last four years. He's like, we don't want your handouts. We don't need your, 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 you know, your, your little give me's and your, you know, all these things that you have done to enable, en enable us and keep us down. We can stand our own feet. We don't, we don't need all that. And when he pulled that carpet from underneath Switzerland, I mean, and he said, we're going to manufacture our own. You know, we're going to start distributing our own. Because they're heavily dependent upon that cocoa, which they privately like to put cocoa in from Nogana. They put Switzerland, you know. And then they said Godiva that charges good gobs of money. Good gobs of money. But yet when Africa got to get that processed cocoa back, they try, try to try charge them 15 times the, month, the amount that actually came, um, that they imported into the Switzerland. So... Africa's waking up, and these presidents, these leaders are starting to see that, you know what, this this beast that we were so afraid of, yes. really, they're really scared of us. We actually have the power. We are the ones who have the riches that they need. They do. They're, we're still, we're so, you know, I use, that, I use the analogy the other day, and I said, you know, Africa used to be this scary type of fragile countries like you know you see this dog starts barking and he starts charging after you and you know he catches you on the wrong day you just tired you don't even feel like running no more you just you turn around and say get out of here all you dog up and that dog stops and you're like hold up this joke is scared so then you you take a few steps towards it and it, it, it turns around about to run and you're like hold up this joker been scaring me all this time and he got nothing but a loud bark but ain't got no bite no bite and this is what Africa is realizing. These jokers out here have been controlling us. And we're the ones who really got the power. And so I'm loving it, what I'm seeing, what's unfolding. And like you said earlier that, you know, I might not be around to see the big picture, mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. but I'm wise enough now to see what's happening and take it little by little. I appreciate every little strategic move yes. that's being done. 
Yes. Because I see the direction it's going. Yes. Oh, yes, I'm loving it. You know, I, as I said, I was on another gentleman's channel, and we were talking about this. And I know that you haven't been to um, the Congo in South Africa, but I was telling him, you have, what is it, 22 Francophone countries. Mm -hmm. And together, they are the richest in terms of the riches of the entire continent. Yeah. Okay? And France got her hand all up in it. Now, you imagine. Now, remember, Kufuado checked the French president a few months back about some mess that he had seen. Yeah. And then fast forward to this cocoa business. He gets Switzerland checked. And, 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 and let's bring up what he did to the British Airways. Oh, stop that mess. Did. Yeah. Oh, yeah. But imagine. Just imagine. Imagine this. Go black. Mm -hmm. Those 22 Francophone nations mm -hmm. do the same thing in Magafuga in unison at the same time. Mm -hmm. It would be epic. But the guy whose channel, who's channel I was on, he said, Brie Elizabeth, do you know that would be an act of war? Because France will fall immediately. They're going to call in allies of course, to, to, to stop it because they can't survive without them. Can't survive without them, yeah. I said, again, as I just said to you for the third time, a revolution has won. Hey, you're going to have to lose some you're lives. You're going to have to die trying. You're going to have to die. You're going to die. <laughs> I mean, you're going to have to die. And even when you talked about before, you said, you know, we used to be just on the continent a little bit more docile and stuff. We were so afraid of things. But that really was never our spirit. We've always been warriors. Always. Oh, even if no one even studies Kimmy, because people say, oh, you all put too much on ancient Kimmy and Timbuktu. Okay. Study the Zulus. You mm -hmm. boys was bad. Yeah. Oh, yeah. And you couldn't be a traitor. Yeah. You better keep running there, because you come back here, you're dead. Mm -hmm. If you, so we've always been fighters and warriors in that regard. But at some point, as we say, even with the, the, the youth, the tide, that tide is turning, and I am so elated that it is turning. You yeah. know, I, I mean, I'm so happy about it. Yeah. And, you know, naysayers, well, why are they still behind? First of all, their independence is really short. Yeah. You know, even when I come on your channel and I say it, uh, just imagine if you only had, I'm not even giving you 400 years, I'm only going to give you 100 years of free labor. Mm -hmm. Think about yourself as a businessman. As a businessman, go black. Mm -hmm. What could you have done with that? 200 years of free wow. labor. Man, that was. <laughs> well, you, you see what's, what's, what some of the continents and all exist and how it is flourishing off of what has transpired, you know, with slavery. I mean, yes, it's, it's, you know. It would be no end, my point being, that would be no end to you as a businessman yeah. of what you personally could do yourself, even if you didn't live to be 100. Right. But if, if your family line was given 100 years of free labor, the sky is not even the limit. You're no. going beyond the sky. You're going beyond the sky. <laughs> You're going beyond yeah. the sky. And so when people come with, with this foolishness, why do you are thriving so much. Yeah. yeah. Labor. 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 Labor all day long. All day long. And so I will find my, my final question to you is what is the best advice you would give to um, someone who is deciding to make their journey to live out their final days onto Mama El Cabulon? Mm. Yeah. Well, you know, On my channel, I try to, you know, paint a picture 
and that picture is through a lens of a camera. And it could even be through words. And I say that, you know, this can't even really show the true story of what you're missing out on when going to Africa. This, this, this you, you, you only get a glimpse of really what is before you. And so I try to show and try to depict and try to talk and all that right there. But I would say that, you know, most children who were brought out, whether it was parentless, an orphanage, or adopted, they have this internal, inherent desire to want to find their parents, to find a connection. And it will almost drive them crazy and ballistic. Yes. Because they're trying to find their roots. They're trying to find out where they came. There's a missing piece of the puzzle of who they are. And we become a disconnected people around the diaspora who have been displaced in these areas of this globe that we've forgotten who we really are. We, I like to say we've become the very... Uh, uh, people who we say we detest. The poor, yes. 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 And so, if you ever want to know the rest of the story, you're going to have to go back. Why walk out the rest of your days to never get a taste? I, I like to say, eating off the breast of Mother Africa. Reason, re, eating the, the true nourishments of what was given you, where you were brought up and fed out of a bottle in the, in the Western world, where the true nourishment of being taught culture, you know, being taught ways of life, you know, it still exists. Even though I see in some countries it's slowly fading out because Western is is coming in, Africa's still there to give you all what she has and it changes me every day it changes my mindset and, and, and some of these western mentalities that i'm still trying to rid of and which is bringing me more to a balance of where we used to be as a people and so i say if you're ready if you're ready for that change if you are ready to gain a different perspective of who you are you got you got to go black you got to go black to africa I believe it will bring a spiritual healing. I believe that it will uh, probably resolve some personal issues. It will uh, it will have some answers, some unanswered questions that need to be answered for you. Because every person that I've met who's come and just got a taste, they always come back. Yes. They always come back. Yes. Not, not that would be the green card. Yeah, they always come back. Maybe not to live, but they always come yes. back. Totally. Yes. Totally agree. That's how powerful it is. And I'll say this right here, my sister. Um, I was talking with a young sister the other day, and she said her mom decided to come to Tanzania because she really loved Magafuli. And her mother's, uh, I'm thinking in her late 40s, 50, early 50s, I think. And she, she's done music and stuff, and she connected really quickly in the music industry and, and had the, the awesome, um, had the awesome, um, opportunity to be on, on, on that large stage with those singers giving the uh, tribute to Magafuli. Um, and she was on TV. 
and connected. But the, the, her daughter said this to me. She said, everything my mom, since she's been here, wanted and her desires, Africa has given it to her. And I said, sister, do you know what I call that? Reparations. Reparations. Africa is waiting for you to come back to give you reparations. If you want to sit there over in the Western world waiting to get paid some money, <laughs> you don't hold your breath. That'll be another episode. Yeah, okay. yeah. <laughs> but Africa <laughs> is sitting here waiting. Like I said, you know, and you mentioned already, we've been told in America the sky's the limit. Not in Africa. It's limitless. Yes. The possibilities yes. of you coming to bring out your creativity that's yes. been dumbed down and covered over before work, being worker bees in countries, that you really have the mindset, the creativity, and Africa will bring it out. It's your will. It will pull it out of you. So that's what I would say to those. Awesome. Great advice. Yeah. Well, I want to thank you, Go Black to Africa, for joining us here on the Afrofiopia podcast. Thank you. And in the description, we have all of your channel information and everything. So again, I appreciate you for this impromptu session here today. Thank you so much. Thank you for having me. You're welcome. King of the hide with my side, a beauty that you cannot deny. Oh, I love the Serengeti as I watch the sunrise. No matter where you're coming from, there's so much to invest on. Africa, Mama Africa. So much look at, so much you can invest. Can't even look back. Africa is the best. There's so much look at. So much you can invest, can't even look back. Africa is the best. Africa, Ethiopia, Mama Kipulan. Africa's my home forever. Africa, Ethiopia, Mama Kipulan. Africa's my home forever. No matter where you're coming from, there's so much to invest on. Africa, Mama Africa. There's so much to look at, so much you can invest. Can't even look back. Africa is the best. Africa, Mama Kipulan. Africa's my home forever. Africa, Ethiopia, Mama Kipulan. Africa's my home forever.